0: Hey what's up y'all? My name is Gary and welcome to the second season of It's Personal. Okay, good. This is gonna be really dope, but I don't
1: want any
0: <laughs> putting yourself um, out there as a who are growing
1: and learning. Not at all. My name is Kwame Ambalian. Uh, I'm an author. I'm Padma Venkatraman, the
0: author of The
1: Bridge Home. Sure, yeah. My name's Natasha um, Diaz. Co-switching and all those things. I mean, all, all that. All the time. I mean, he's still on the road all the time, but you know, like, as a new mom, The relationship that minded. I
0: from there. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited <laughs> to talk to you. <laughs> this is amazing. This right. is so... right, welcome back everyone to another episode of This Personal. We are on season two and I have um, another special guest today, Uh, someone that I most recently got to meet. Um, I'm going to call him brother, friend. Um, No longer an acquaintance, like this is my guy. Uh, We are constantly messaging each other not just through Twitter anymore, not just through Instagram, we are connected. Can you introduce yourself today? Sure, Uh, hello everyone. Uh, My name is Patrick.
1: I am, wow, how do I want to introduce myself? What a question. Uh, (laughs) Let's see, my name is Patrick. I am originally from Detroit, Michigan and that's still where I'm from, Uh, that's where I live. I've been a teacher for the last five years and I've taught all over the place not just location-wise from D.C. to Qatar to Detroit, but grade-level-wise. So, first grade, second grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade. I am also the owner of a media company that produces different podcasts on education. I am a creative. I'm working on a lot of different things that, you know, is going to come to life really soon. I like to call myself a troublemaker, you know, because if you're in the work that we're in the work of equity the work of justice you gotta be willing to ruffle a little bit of feathers for the sake of common good i like to call myself a troublemaker i'm an avid tweeter a chocolate lover that is me patrick
0: <laughs> i love it personal 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 Personal. personal. Personal personal. Personal personal. Personal personal. Personal, 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 personal. I love it. So I think one of the things I love about this podcast is that it's not just about like I love the educational aspect like I love talking about education, I love talking about the classroom, but today it's not going to be just about the classroom. So we're going to hear a lot about Patrick and just like how he was brought up, where he's from, and we'll talk a little bit about what he's up to because similar to Patrick, we have a lot of things in common. That's why I think I like you so much, man, like just listening to you, having conversation with you, like we have so many things in common. So I think meeting you at NCTE and now having this conversation and having like that close contact. This is the development of a great friendship. I'm super excited. I agree, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what I do with Patrick is, um, Patrick is an avid tweeter. Um, He shares tons of his um, feelings and emotions and how he feels about education and life online. So to switch it up a little bit, um, I went through some of the archives and I found some memorable um, tweets that Patrick has sent out. Um, And not just, I think, for me, that I think are going to be valuable, but I'm I'm wondering where his thoughts came from. after he wrote these down, or before he wrote these down, so I'm going to read them off, and then I'm going to have um, Pat just respond to them, and then we're going to have a conversation about them. And he has no idea which two I have. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start light. Don't worry. We'll start. We'll start light. Don't worry. We'll start light. So on September 18th, all right, um, you wrote, "I had three school lunches: curry chicken." rice and sweet potatoes. And now I can't get out of bed. Where'd that come from? I, so listen,
1: I'm teaching at a school um, that has the best school lunches I've ever had in my life. Shout out to Detroit, you know, because maybe it's a Detroit thing that we have, you know, seasoned lunches, like not something that I'm used to, like being in D.C. and maybe it was the Michelle Obama restrictions or whatever, like that lunch in D.C. was like straight from ground to like lunch table. Like there was no seasoning on anything. So now I'm here in Detroit and like the food is so good. Like I cannot even believe that the food is this good. And so they don't monitor, like, well, first of all, I can eat what the kids eat, right? Mm -hmm. And if there's extra lunches, there's extra lunches. So I went and got a school lunch. It was delicious. And it was so good that I wanted to have extras. So I got two extras after school. And I don't know sort of what happened with my, you know, digestive system maybe they was overwhelmed I don't know but like I was sick literally for like days after eating those lunches like truly like stomach on a hundred like it was rough but yeah I am so excited about the lunch program and I don't know who Nana is cooking but
0: I love it that's awesome and is that would you say that's something that you've been brought up on as well like is it does it give you that kind of like you know what this tastes like home it does
1: absolutely that's why i'm like i know that this has to be detroit like there's no other reason why like these lunches are the way that they are like i taught in dc for four ish years like there's like i was constantly like disappointed with Mm -hmm. the lunch program there so i come home and the first you know like and the lunches are off the chain i'm like wow Okay, you know, like it's yeah. not like some program. that's just been like shipped out. I mean, yeah, the lunches are are being shipped in, but that's just one lunch. We get peach cobbler, um, oh, wow. apple cobbler, you know what I'm saying? Sweet potato pie. Sometimes that come in the lunch container. I say, and it's good. Like it's not. I can't. Was, I, yeah, I I understand what you're saying. I understand <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> oh, man. Are you a cooker? Do you cook? Oh no, I, I I love to eat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: to eat eat. (laughs) that on november 2nd you wrote this this is what you wrote yeah on november 2nd and just to give you a little bit of context okay there were 350 comments there were 963 likes Mm. there were eight retweets do you remember yeah so you said I'm not okay at all. I'm leaving social media for a while. I'm not sure if this means I'll continue to podcast either for a minute. Every time I stand up, I keep falling or being pushed to back to the rock bottom and I'm more tired than I've ever been prayers are needed so I'm wondering and like me just reading it gives me goosebumps Um, and to be I think oddly enough um, before meeting you feeling some sort of connection to you and just reading that um, it makes it it makes not just it doesn't just make me worried but makes me wonder and feel a little uneasy just thinking that like the, the best I can do which is a lot is prayer, but at the same time, I can't physically see you. I can't physically be there to help. Um, right. So my thought is, I'm wondering, like, where did that come from? What was your mindset around um, November second, leading up to that? What What was that like for you?
1: Yeah. So I think first, the way in which our tweet is important. I've always been the kind of person or the person, the kind of teacher that said. I'm not just going to share the good stuff. I am going to share my purpose is to be as real and as authentic as possible because the teaching experience is not all like cookies and candy. And if my job or my duty as a teacher is to be a truth teller, then I want my experience to be reflective of that. You know, 2019 was a really, really rough year for me. I mean, just 11 months ago, I was in the desert, in the desert, uh, really, right? And I thought um, that coming back home would be an automatic fix for me. And I was really fixated on, like, the moment in which I would, like, feel better, you know what I'm saying, like, from all the things that was happening. But I was experiencing so much transition, Um, When I got fired last year, I transitioned to Qatar. And as an international educator, you know sometimes how long that process to, Mm -hmm. you know, get signed up with someone, to get to a school, to interview with the school, to figure out if the school is right, and then to go through the visa paperwork, blah, 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 blah. like in a matter of a week and a half, two weeks, right? And then I was there. So when I decided to come back home, I Or stay home. I thought that, okay, I'm going to feel better when I get here. But I just didn't. And when I tell you everything that makes a person stable has like truly been rocked, you know, in this year for me. Lost my job. When I moved to Qatar, my account was negative $980.75. No saving, maxed out credit card. Only thing I had was 200 US dollars in my pocket when I went to Qatar. That's it. So my money was messed up. My job was messed up. My mental stability throughout the year was rocky, just feeling intense loneliness. My dating life, shambles, right? (laughs) You know, (laughs) horrid. horrid. Um, The thing is, like, in Qatar, I did have great, like, amazing friends. But I didn't necessarily always feel seen as a whole person, you know? And just the way in which, like, we operate as Americans, like, I sort of missed, you know? And even the Americans that I met in Qatar, like, there still was a disconnect. And you know living through trump's america it just creates a whole different vibe so if you if you still on the obama era you know what i'm saying and you and, and trump is nothing but something through the grapevine for you it's a little bit harder right um I, i'll never forget this one guy i was like man your jeans like they're so tight and i said yeah because you moved out of the u.s in 2006. You know what I'm saying, like, times have
0: changed, <laughs>
1: you know what I'm saying? like, I'm not <laughs> looking at size 34, when on my waist. is okay, you know, come on, man. but, like, there were just a lot of disconnects, uh, disconnects, and then when I got back to the U.S., you know, I started the media company as a way to, like, gain control, um, I got a fellowship to move back, um, so I'm gonna be starting the national board process soon, which is great. And I moved back home with my mom, and little things started to happen. Like, my car was broken. When I got back, my mom didn't start it while I was gone. So, like, I had to get that situation together. Um, There's so many things that I had to pay for. I didn't know that I could pay a ticket, right? So, like, just, like, so many things. then, like, starting the school year, um, again, like, being warped back into that American school system. My car got stolen. Um, like I wasn't happy teaching. Just like so many things that were out of my control that truly makes a person stable like it was just out of control and like that impacted me as a person that impacted me as a teacher and being online on social media sort of puts pressure on you to engage and to be like this teacher or this person not just like I'm over it, <laughs> like I'm done. Um, and I sometimes use social media as escape and I didn't want to es- escape anymore. I just wanted to take a break. I wanted to focus on myself and really just like spend time with myself and, and my journal. So I said, I need to take a break and I did. And when I logged back on, literally like, <laughs> I don't know how long I was gone, but like the may- maybe the day before I came back, I was shocked by the response like sometimes you think you're just kind of talking to yourself but like the sheer amount of people who responded the people who sent messages not just on twitter but i got phone calls text messages emails facebook messages like people really did reach out and like it, my message, my, my cry for help really did not fall on deaf ears. And so mm. uh, I was just really, uh, I was so humbled
0: by that experience. And it's cool because like, and I think you've been one of those people that have really helped me like find that circle of people that like are online, that are there to help you, that you can feel vulnerable and share how you're feeling. And you know that someone's going to, to be there or respond or help you. Um, because, and I think you know it just as well as I do, like the social media is this strange place where people use it for lots of different things. And all of these different platforms give people reason to do that, right? Uh, whether it's for financial gain, whether it's for um, just to show that you're great at something, I think it's a very interesting place that, unfortunately, by the looks of things, can only get worse. I guess based on the number of places where you can post things, and you can look as real as you want to, but at the same time be fake, which is like very very scary. <laughs> yeah. So I know I appreciate that, and it's it actually kind of leads right into the next tweet that oh. had. 739 likes 31 no <laughs> <laughs> This was on November 20th. All right. So it says, I introduced the love of my life to my family yesterday. New for me after a notes, not so easy coming out phase, I was beyond nervous, but it went so much better than I could have imagined. Families do can change over time with intentional action. And that Like, I don't think there would have been any other tweet, especially coming from you after the previous tweet that could make anyone feel any better. Um, Like, it gave me goosebumps just knowing, like, trying to envision that process for you. What does that look like leading up to that day? Like, I was just so happy. And I very briefly mentioned it to you at NCTE, Um, just because of NCT and the craziness or whatever that was involved with it. Um, I don't think I did it with enough justice, but at the same time, like, I'm just, I was so happy to see that. Um, And then just to see you smile about it. um, Tell me that, like, what was the process like?
1: Um, The process. Well, (laughs) my mother, I'm staying with my parents right now. um, Mm -hmm. And I met um, well, you know, I met a very um well shot full of art, old dreams dying hard. He wanted to return his love. Breathing in the dark, weightless, working hard. He wanted to return his love. Now he's breathing. again. That's the thing about Michigan, you know. Michigan is like you you never meet people for the first time here. You always meet them again because nobody ever leaves Michigan. When it comes to Michiganders, like we don't meet new people. We always meet the same people in different capacities. People leave when it comes to like dating and stuff. Like everybody just dates people that they like met either in college or high school or middle school or whatever. So I I had met him when we were in college. He went to the rival college of mine and we had met briefly at a function or like a like a black awards ceremony or something. And it was just very briefly, but we had came back in contact and just to like speed things up, we had been spending a lot of time together. And so my mom (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's never like never
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't understand <clears throat> so my mom and my family generally you know made comments that I had been gone a little bit more than normal you know
0: mm-hmm. observant
1: a very observant <laughs> and I had you know we're just not the kind of like family, either on my dad's side or this side, where we just, like, where I, like, openly share about my personal life, like, it's just never something that we have done unless I'm in, like, trouble or I need help with something, but when it comes to, like, just, like, willingly, like, you know, sharing, I'm just like, hmm, like, until I feel like it is something that is real enough substance and it's just like I'm just gonna like wait the truth of the matter is like we had not even discussed like my my family and I have not even discussed my dating life since the whole debacle of um, of coming out so it was just like uh, you know like mm-hmm. but I had dropped some hints here and there that I was like seeing someone or that I was dating someone and they were just like, okay, you didn't, you know, nothing much. And then I was um, over my partner's house and my mom asked if I could come to the house to like take a couch out of the basement. And um, I had told my mom, I texted her that I was going to bring my partner with me because we were already together. And I had felt like, you know, there was no better time to just sort of like do it. So anyway, came in and, you know, you know, he came into the house and my mom was just super nice, very open, like super welcoming, gave him a hug. And, you know, and just was just the biggest sweetheart ever and like they got along really really well they had some things in common so it shocked me because of just the last time that we talked about like my sexuality and stuff of that nature so i was just so happy that they were getting along and um, they were vibing like like they were vibing like it didn't feel forced you know it was super comfortable And they had things in common. So it was just like, okay. (laughs) This was the first time that I ever introduced anyone to my family. Like,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. literally. So um, it was truly a prolific moment so much so that i was like okay well i guess you can go meet my nana now too right so we just uh went to my grandmother's house after that and that was you know same thing just an incredible time so they truly look at him as like a part of the family and as someone that you know who they care about as a person you know just the language that has been used surrounding him it's just like exciting like saying things like Y'all get home safely, right? Not like you, right? So always including him in things or being like, just asking if he's okay. You know, whenever they talk about me now, now it's me and him. It's never just me now, right? You know, which is funny. But yeah, that was a huge moment, like in my life. A moment this year where I was like, okay, things are starting to like shift And like my energy is starting to be different, and like I'm excited about that.
0: Mm -hmm. That's amazing. It's funny because the next one, and you don't have to comment on it because you kind of touched it already. On the 28th, you said I introduced my love, my love to my family one time, and now apparently I can't walk into the house without him.
1: Yeah, pretty much, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. You know what I would love to do, and this is just me, just based on the conversation. I would love to if he is up for it, to have both of you on just to have a conversation i think does he how does he feel about podcasts and like um and i said
1: yes absolutely <laughs> like, really yeah he's into like this kind of stuff
0: and um like yeah i think he would love it hey what's up everyone thanks for tuning in to part one of pat's story tune in tomorrow for part two i appreciate y'all Stay kind, stay blessed, peace.